This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. It's always amazing what you can find on YouTube. Several years ago, I was looking for a lawnmower for my Bermuda grass, and I found Ron Henry, a guy who loves talking about Bermuda grass and growing Bermuda and cutting Bermuda, seeding Bermuda. Hell, he even likes finding rocks in Bermuda grass. It got to the point where Ron started his own small business, Golf Course Lawn Academy. Man, Ron loves his Bermuda grass. Great grass is a byproduct of great soil and good cultural practices. Not, you know, that's, that's, if people got really internalized that, they'd get their lawns looking a lot better, a lot faster. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from college coaches, a Silver Star recipient, and photographer, Paul Rodriguez. Photographers nowadays that don't have the passion, they don't, they want to do something like this, but they don't want to invest the time and the energy to get to where they want to get. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Ron Henry. Ron, thank you for taking the time for me to uh, talk about grass. How are you doing? Yeah, no, great, 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 Matt. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, uh, like I said, real quick, I, I am pumped that I got somebody on who I've actually been following for quite some time. It's interesting. A lot of my guests are either friends or people in the industry, but I've been slowly stalking you of interest on the internet and through your YouTube channel because you and I have the same passion for Bermuda grass. Nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. Uh, if I have to have a stalker, one that's associated with lawn care is not a bad one to have, right? Right, so. right. And I'm three thousand miles away, so we're, we're good. All right. <laughs> no, I, uh, um, I don't know about you, but where where did you grow up, and and where did growing up did that shape your lawn experience? Because it did for me. Uh, um, yeah, so believe it or not, um, you know, if most people had to guess where I grew up, they're, they're probably going to get it wrong. I, I actually grew up in the Caribbean. That's where I'm from. Um, you know, my um, my dad is from Antigua. My mother's from Trinidad. And I oh, grew up on an, on that, an island. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, if you look at like uh, everyone's heard of St. Martin's. If you look at St. Martin on a map, you hear you St. Martin in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And then also St. Kitts. And if you look in between those two islands, so between St. Martin and St. Kitts, there's a little dot that's on most maps is not even named. And it's an <laughs> island called St. Eustatius. That's, that's where I grew up. And, uh, yeah, when I was when I was um, a kid, my dad, every weekend, you know, they own some property there. So every weekend we have to go out and mow lawns and, and this kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I have to admit when I was a kid, I hated doing it. I absolutely hated doing it. But then as you grow older, you know, one of the, one of the, the ironies of life is you turn into your parents, unfortunately. Of so, course. Of course. Right. Right. Yeah. So now, that's, that's was, how it started. Was there a lot of Bermuda grass around or was it just all kinds uh, of grass? All, all different types of grass. Yeah. I mean, there was some Bermuda, but a largely all different types of grass. Bermuda grows actually very well in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great heat, lots of sunlight. That's the things that it really likes. So it does very well there. Yeah. I mean, my love of Bermuda started with my grandfather. He had it in his backyard and he had a putting green all throughout his yard. And I thought like, this grass is the best grass. It doesn't itch. It feels great on your toes. You know, you, wow. you can play yeah. badminton on it. And I was, I learned how to play golf on it. And I was just like, uh, when I ever have a lawn, it's going to look just like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, definitely, and definitely being in Georgia, that's, that's, uh, you know, most golf course fairways and I mean, Bermuda is the grass type. I mean, even Augusta national, a lot of people don't realize it, that, you know, when you see the masters, you're seeing it when it's been overseeded with rye, but the base grass for Augusta is actually Bermuda. Sure. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 
where did you, how did you then find your way into lawn care? Um, so a lot of it was, um, eventually got a house, bought a house, um, just probably six or seven years ago at this point. And it was a, a piece of property that, um, had a, had a fairly large lawn. I thought, you know, this could look really cool. Um, you know, if I really started taking care of it. So at first I believe it or not, actually for the first couple of months, I had a service mowing the grass for me and I hated the way it looked. So uh, <laughs> that's how I went out and I, um, I decided to, to, to start taking care of it myself. There, there was a neighbor, how I got into real mowing. There was a neighbor that, that, um, lived like two doors down and he had a true cut real mower and his front lawn was pristine. It looked like a, like a golf course tee box. Just beautiful. And I, just beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And he was out there mowing and I said, you know, I said, I said how do you get your lawn to look like this? He says, well, you know, you got to use a real mower. You got to, you know, that's going to be the trick to really getting your Bermuda looking great. So I started doing tons of research on it. I first, you know, got a Scott 16 inch to see if that was going to be my thing, like a manual real mower. Right. Um, I did that for like a season. Then I upgraded to the 20 inch and, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history from there. Now I, I own like two powered real mowers, uh, um, one's like a true cut, one's a greens mower, and oh, it's, yeah. just, it's you, just kind of that's real stuff. Yeah, you got some real stuff there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so you didn't go to school for it. You didn't like become a, a, a I guess, a lawn guy in a company. It was just you wanted your grass in your house to be better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't have a background in a formal background in lawn care. I'm not an agronomist. Um, since getting more into into this, I've made fr- quite a few friends both in the golf course industry and also in like, um, you know, just professional turf and agronomy as well, uh, that have, that have, I've learned a lot from that I can bounce ideas off of. And, and, uh, a lot of what you see on the channel is, um, so also of through experimentation I've done myself, but also from, from information I've, I've just asked some of the experts and, and gotten their opinion and tested it. And I uh, like the results. Yeah. It looks great. I mean, absolutely looks great. I mean, so I mean, that's a slippery slope, though, if you go from the 16-inch and you're like, oh, I'm going to try the 20, and then, you know, you got a big yard, as everybody who's seen you on YouTube, and it's like, that can be a lot of work. At what point did you decide, like, okay, I'm going to get rid of my service, and I'm going to be committed to this? So, I really, once I I made... um my first couple of mows with just a manual reel mower, and I saw how much better the grass looked. And I said, wow, I mean, this is a lot more work. So I'm out there mowing it, you know, three times a week. But um, <laughs> I realized that there's no way I could pay someone to do this. Like, I mean, I figured if I had to pay someone to mow my lawn as much as I do, it would be cost prohibitive. And it still wouldn't look quite as good, I don't think, right? No, no, never. Uh, it's your lawn, so you care. Exactly. So so I looked at how it, how it was coming along, how it was developing. I said, man, I've, I've got to have this. And uh, you know, and the, and the rest is history. I, you know, I called him up and I said, Hey, listen, you know, love you guys to pieces, but, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing this myself. And, uh, yeah, the rest, the rest is history. You know, no, no hard feelings that they, uh, no. they completely understood. Yeah. yeah. But you know, at some point you wanted to take over your baby, your lawn. Absolutely. So, yeah. so then where does the progress get into making it then a business because that's a huge another step. I mean, there's one thing if Ron decides this is my grass, I take it under my wing. It's another thing to be like, let me show people and then let me sell stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. So the, the idea, the idea behind the business. So if you look at it, there's a couple different aspects of it, right? So there's the YouTube portion of it, which is um, like YouTube AdSense, which is um, just based on the number of views that a video gets. 
but really the the um what turned into what is now the golf course lawn store and also golf course lawn academy yeah which is was my training course and also the, the supporting course was like over the past couple of years like i my my mission my main mission was to have my grass look as good as possible that was it bar none i wanted to use the same stuff on my lawn that um was rated for residential use but the same stuff that was used in the golf course industry mm-hmm. so that meant like seeking out the best fertilizers and seeking out like the you know best um both from a granular and liquid standpoint um starting doing a lot of soil testing and just doing all the things that professional turf professionals do right so people that are, that are serious about their turf um the kind of things that they do so now so, but you said like soil testing who told you like or taught you this is what you need to do that's a huge so thing yes yeah, so that's a great point so one one of my um one of my friends uh, he's now, now a great friend. Is um, works in uh, the professional turf industry. He's uh, you know he's retired now, but he was a golf course superintendent um, for for many many years. And he says, you know, Ron, your your grass looks good. You're doing a great job with it. This was a couple of years ago. It looks great. But if you start incorporating soil testing to where you're actually measuring what's going on in the soil, um, you know, it's it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get that X factor because while you can go down to Home Depot and just you know buy whatever's off the aisle and throw uh-huh. it down and get a decent result. Soil testing is literally the answers to the test. That's the way you know um, what exactly your soil needs. Is then you know I started seeking out different types of soil tests. Right. And I came across a company called My Soil that makes a test that's really easy to use, really easy to understand, um, gets your results quickly, and you know fell in love with it. And I've been doing it uh, quarterly ever since. Yeah, yeah it's great. Because people forget that there's something under that grass that is really the whole genesis. If you got bad dirt bad soil i don't care what your grass is going to do it's just not going to work no you're absolutely right i mean it's you got to figure like grass you know grass is a plant and plants grow in soil so it would make sense that we want to focus on getting the the creating the best possible soil as possible right so right. Words, great grass is a byproduct of great soil and good cultural practices not you know that's that's if people got really internalized that they'd get their lawns looking a lot better a lot faster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know there's so many people, especially like in my neighborhood, like we just put new lawn in my mom's and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First thing we got to do, we got to take care of this dirt. Like your dirt's horrible. You got rocks and crump and we got to get it all out and put you some real soil in there. And people forget that. They just go up, oh, let's get some lawn, throw it down yep. or, or yep. throw down seed and then just walk away. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things. So one of the things that I have done with my lawn too, right? And it's this is partially due to having like some some damage from having to have some trees removed. Is I have um what I've done what many people will consider to be a cardinal so when it comes to Bermuda, right? Which is overseeding <laughs> Bermuda with another type of Bermuda. I can't tell you how much grief I get from people on 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 that. Um, and you know it's something that I, I don't really encourage many people to do because when they, when it comes to seed, a lot of people think you know I just put down a home depot and get some seed and throw it down and it's going to make everything better. But actually, when it comes to warm season grass like Bermuda, like seed is the hardest way. Literally, that is hard mode. That is the hardest way to get your grass to look great um, because it takes so much water, so much care. The soil's got to be in great shape. So for warm season grass, um, you know, you're establishing it from seed is much more difficult than say a rye or Kentucky or like a Kentucky bluegrass or a fescue or things along those lines. Right. So were you always going to be committed though to Bermuda when you first started out, when you got to your house or was there some point like you, you said, I, I, I love this grass. So I'm going to stay with it instead of going some, some other plant. I, I think so. Yeah. You know why? Because Bermuda is like the, it's like the redheaded stepchild of the, uh, of the, of the warm season grasses, right? A lot of, a lot of people in some places it's considered a weed. And, uh-huh. um, yep. the, th- the thing that was attractive to me about Bermuda was this, right? Is that it's, 
it heals from damage faster than than, mo- than most other grasses. So in other words, as far as like a grass to experiment with and try all kinds of different cutting heights and and just to play around with, Bermuda is an excellent grass for that because it just it bounces back from damage so quickly. You have something like the zoysia, which again is a gorgeous grass. It looks looks absolutely gorgeous, but you got to be really careful. If you burn a zoysia lawn, or if you get like a fungus infection in it, or some other like physical damage, you know you're talking several months for that to recover. So oh. you know, once I saw the results I could get with Bermuda, I just stuck with it. And I figure you know if it's good enough for golf courses, it's good enough for me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got thousands of people in carts driving all over that stuff. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Your, yeah. your your wife and kids and the dog can, you know, beat it up and at least it'll still be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this past uh, weekend, you know, lighting fireworks off on it, playing <laughs> cornhole and doing yeah. everything. And it's, if you saw it today, you would not know anything ever happened to it. <laughs> you got to love Bermuda. Now, yeah, love Bermuda. Does, yeah. does yours go dormant in the winter? It does. Um, my my lawn stays green much longer than this than neighboring lawns, um, primarily because of that overseeding that I've done. So okay. my, my Bermuda is a is a type called Tifway four nineteen. It's very very common, um, but I also added a, a different cultivar on top of it called Arden fifteen, which has much greater cold tolerance. So my lawn, there are some parts of my lawn that never fully went dormant, um, even throughout winter. Even though we got into the twenties sometimes this past year. Wow. But, um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's um it's it's pretty incredible. Um, it wasn't growing very much, but as far as like being able to see like a, a, a haze of green throughout the entire lawn, there's some areas that that never fully went away even throughout the winter months. Jeez, yep. yeah. Mine mine just goes because it's just no sun and way. I got trees and all kinds of stuff going on, and we just got chickens. My kids wanted chickens, and so yeah, my grass is in desperate need of uh, Ron help. But that- uh, no, I just. I hear you. I mean, you, you can make it better. You know, oh, you're paying oh, attention God. to it, so it'll get better. Every man can make his lawn better. That's the thing. That's the that's the project. That's where you come in. Yep. <laughs> what, yep what, absolutely. What five tips can you give to 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 help a regular family have a better lawn? Okay, so a five five tips that anybody can do. So yeah. um, the first thing, and again, is it's going to go back to soil testing. Is I would I would get a soil test done okay. because that's going to drive. Um, you know, what fertilizer and how we treat the soil, which is ultimately uh, going to produce better grass. So first thing is uh, is soil testing. Now, is that in-house? You get it and it'll give you, tell you what you need or do you got to ship it somewhere and get results yeah, so back? What, exactly. So, so if you were to go to um, like my store and get like uh, the soil test kits, one from my soil, uh-huh. um, literally you just got to go throughout your lawn. Um, you get like a probe tool and, and pull up, you know, 10 or so cores from all around the lawn. Okay. You mix it up and throw it into this little um, container they give you and you mail it out. And literally within a week, you'll have your results you, um, sent to you via email. It'll tell you exactly, you know, here's where your lawn is. This is where we where all the different levels should be. And I even offer some recommendations on what products you can use to get there. Yeah. So really, really easy. Okay. That's yep. a good one. All right. Start with the soil. Yep. Yep. So great soil. Start with soil. The next thing I'd say is um, focus on um, really being able to use your the lawn care equipment that you have properly. So there, so pretty much everybody has like a broadcast spreader or some people even have like a backpack sprayer. Uh-huh. But knowing how much product your sprayer puts out or your spreader puts out um, based on your walking pace is really important, right? It, it's, it's, it's the difference between putting too much product down or not enough product down. So getting familiar with your lawn care equipment, the stuff that you probably already have in your garage, um, is going to be um, another another big tip. Is that a huge uh, mistake people make putting too much or oh, too little? 
Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, you figure you put people think that for like more fertilizer is better. And, you know, if you it isn't, it's not because too much will burn the grass. And even if you go a little bit heavier than you're supposed to, um, you end up creating a problem where the grass starts growing like crazy, which means you need to mow more. So you really want to give the grass what it needs um, and, and no more. Kind of like you like your body, right? You could eat right. just one huge meal and let that last you for a couple of, you know, a day or so, a day or two. But you're not going to it's not going to be as good as small evenly spaced meals that you know have a, a good balance of nutrition okay yeah all right yeah so yeah. number three after we've uh we've so, so, put down the proper fertilizer <laughs> proper fertilizer so the so the third one is going to be um focus on minimizing shade wherever possible in your lawn so especially huh. if you have a warm season grass yeah like bermuda uh, you know, I, I, like I've said it in my podcast and said in many videos, like Bermuda will grow in concrete. It'll grow, <laughs> you know, it'll grow in sand. The one place Bermuda will not grow in most warm season grasses will not grow is shade. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So if you anything, I, I get a lot of email and correspondence from viewers where they have issues in their lawn. They're saying, hey, you know, these areas are thin and I don't know what's going on. And I said, well, you know, does it does uh, is it right next to the house or do you have some kind of a shade issue with trees? And I say, oh, yeah, we got some really big oak trees in the lawn. I'm like, well, that's that's going to be your problem. <laughs> so minimizing shade is um, is a hugely important one. OK, yeah, because and, and then, it's going to need its sun. I mean, let's be, let's yes. be frank. It needs its damn sun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about it like the the, the, the sunlight, that's what's going to that's going to drive the um, it drives the engine of everything. It's, it's what helps. The, the lawn to produce chlorophyll, which helps it produce the turn, turn the turns the grass green. Um, heat from the sun, in addition to providing light, also gets heat down on the actual soil, which stimulates more microbial activity, which makes your fertilizers work better. I mean, sunlight is is the key. Like you can, I'd say, even more important than having great soil um, when it comes to Bermuda, in, in particular, is making sure you have adequate sunlight. Because Bermuda, unlike most grasses, is not terribly picky um, about things other than sunlight. You gotta have tons of light. Okay. All right. Yeah. So people are yep. chopping down their trees for their Bermuda. What's no, what's number four? Number four is watering. So most people, uh, you know, get this part wrong. They think that the more water I put on my lawn, the better it's going to be. And and that's you know nothing could really be further from the truth. You know, most grass, especially like Bermuda, doesn't really need much more than an inch of water per week. So Bermuda really, if it, if it rains really heavily, uh, you can skip that week. And if it's, you know, if you get like a little light shower, you can, you can put a little bit more water on it, you know, a day or two throughout the week and, and call it good. So you really don't need to put too much water um, on the grass because that, pr that promotes a lot of different problems. One, you get like, a, you know, shallower roots. The root system isn't as strong as it should be. Um, and then believe it or not, like around this time of year where you, there's a lot of heat, um, if you have too much moisture where the, the soil is always damp, it can, it can promote fungus problems. So that's enough, but not so much that, you know, the ground is always saturated and that you create, um, you know, promote fungus issues. If anything, I'd prefer a person to slightly underwater their lawn than overwatering because wow. overwatering creates a ton of problems. Yeah. Yep. People don't realize you don't want to be swampy under there. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, okay, that's interesting. So I don't know what number five is yet, but you say three and four are sun and water, and you would think those are the one and two most important things. So what's number five? Well, number five is actually the most important one, but I want to say the best for last, and that's mowing. You know, it's it's really the more you mow your lawn, like if you look, the more you mow your lawn, the better it's going to look. Like most people 
only mow their lawn once every couple of weeks. Or I, I always say, if you're the person that mows your lawn right before the house association sends you a letter about it, you're not mowing enough, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you <laughs> exactly, so you, <laughs> if you're so getting if you, notifications, that's not good. That's not good. Not good at all. You know. In other words, you need to mow your grass even when it doesn't look like it needs to be mowed. If your grass looks like wow, it needs to be cut, uh, you waited too long. So. If most people will um, increase their mowing to say just twice a week, I know that sounds like a lot, but like if you do all those other things, let's say, you know, you get a soil test done, you're fertilizing properly, you know, you understand your equipment, you got good sunlight, you're you're watering properly, but you're not mowing the grass frequently enough. It's just your lawn's going to be all right. The grass is going to be green, but it's never really going to look good. Like the, the, the big thing that separates a golf course, in addition to, you know, them, you know, spending an astronomical amount of money on fertilizer and things like that, is that golf courses get mowed every day like the greens get mowed twice a day oh yeah but like a yeah so mowing is like is the secret sauce to having great looking turf so and it's something that people don't really think about and you know for most people fortunately it's free you know outside of your time you've got you've already got a mower as long as you make sure you keep your mower sharp and you know your, your equipment's in good repair um you know get out there and mow you, you, you cannot mow enough Yes. Now you just hit a, a key word a lot of people forget keep your mower sharp yep People, Absolutely. people just think, oh, I bought a mower and it's going to stay good for five or six years. Not a chance. No, not at all. I mean, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Like most people that have rotary mowers anyway, you know, the, the only time the mower was sharp is when they took it out of the box. Right. Right. Um, but really, if you're serious about this, a rotary mower, you're going to be sharpening it during the growing season, you know, once a month, once every six weeks. Uh, believe it or not, it, it is long to do. But keeping a sharp blade also like has a lot to do with the appearance of, of your lawn like a, a quick story um you know my, my next door neighbor alex who um last year when i did a series on helping a neighbor transform a lawn i called it the fix my ugly lawn series like yep. 15 videos where we took his lawn from normal like ordinary to extraordinary um and then this year you know he didn't sharp he didn't get his real mower sharpened at the, at the beginning of the season he's like, i ah, still working well there's no issues with it and literally, his lawn looked good, but there was all brown, a little bit, a little bit hazy. And what it was is the mower was actually doing damage. You know, by by making sure your mower is sharp, it's going to cut the grass blades nice and evenly, and it's going to allow the grass overall to heal faster from the damage that is mowing. So, you know, he went out, got his mower sharpened, and literally, literally within a week, Matt, within one week, like the lawn completely turned around. Like as far as the color, just the appearance of it overall, um, huge difference. So. Mow a lot, but also make sure you keep your equipment sharp. That's a huge, that's a really, really important part of, uh, of getting a great result with your lawn. Yeah, it goes from actually cutting it clean to shredding it. Like, you don't want exactly. it shredded. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It'd be like cutting your hair with a, I mean, cutting your, and it's a good, good example, but like, um, you know, cutting vegetables or cutting something with like a dull knife. Left-handed scissors. Yeah, left-handed scissors, too, with that. (laughs) Yeah, left-handed scissors, that, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's not going to look good. Yeah, Not at all. I think people really forget the the blade, the sharpen the lawnmower thing. So that's actually good. That's a big one. So then when did you decide I'm taking my show onto YouTube? Um, so I started on YouTube, um, really when I started getting more results with it, I, I mean, I got my, my Scott's green, my, uh, my, my push reel mower. You're 16. That's why I decided, yeah, the 16 inch, you know, I, I hadn't upgraded yet. I'll start with my basic 16. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's when I said, you know what, I want to use YouTube as a way to document this and perhaps show other people how my lawn, you know, is transformed throughout the process. I had no idea where it was going to go, but yeah. I, just, you know, I was going to film it and document it. Now, how'd you 
had anything else? Like, did you do any other channels or any other kind of like projects that you put on YouTube where you decided I got to show this? Um, so I, I did other stuff like, like, like a uh, car stuff. I was really into to cars. So I, I filmed some stuff around that, um, and posted that on YouTube. But really, uh, when I got serious, it was really about my lawn. That's when I, um, that's when I really got serious about, you know, having a, a regular schedule and really showing um, people regular updates and, uh, and that kind of thing. Right. Cause like how I, that's yep. what I told you. I, that's how I found you between deciding the, between the 16 and the 20 and I got the 20 and it's been downhill ever since. In a good way. Yeah, well, yeah, I, your life, life's been ruined. <laughs> I had a, well, I, when we first moved in in 2001, I had a beautiful McLean. That's what my grandfather uh -huh. had. So I got a McLean and it was fantastic. I go away on a, on a work trip and my 15 year old for, I had it for three weeks and he forgot to put oil in it. So when I came back, oh, wow. I basically had a seized block of steel. Like it was done. Oh, uh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. That's horrible. So, Hopefully he's okay. <laughs> he, the, the, the kid's fine. Um, right. And uh, the lawnmower's dead, so that's where I went to the, the real 16 uh, push mower, okay. which is a huge difference. Like the McLean was like the, you know, Bentley of, you know, cutting grass for me, and then I just went to like a Yugo. So, I hear you. Yeah, hear you. but it works. Yeah. The baby works. She cuts. It's I keep her sharp, and she, you know, she, she's doing her thing. And that's all nice. I need. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but as far as YouTube, like things just kept progressing, man. Like kind of like how they are now, like how they've grown. The lawn started getting more, like getting better. And it, it being Bermuda, like you said at the outset, started getting more attention and people just started asking more questions around what I was doing. So I just kept making the content. And, um, you know, eventually it grew into a business from a standpoint of like, uh, it was like last year or the beginning, first part of last year. Um, you know, I was using these fertilizers from like Lebanon turf and other, and other, these other golf course industry products. And people started saying, you know, Oh, well, you know, it's great. Your lawn looks great, but you're using all these products that we can't easily get our hands on. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool, but it's not really something that's repeatable. Right. So in the off season, I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to fix that problem. I'm going to talk to different manufacturers and see if they'll, they'll allow um, the DIY community to have access um, to these products. Wow. And now, that's huge yeah, to make oh, yeah, that, huge. to make yeah. that decision. That's big. I mean, like what, that, that's a big commitment on your part. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I, I wanted to, um, I really, I want people to have access to the same, the same things that I did. I mean, I am, I am really, really serious about creating great lawns and helping, you know, anyone that wants to watch, get the best possible lawn. So it's a, it was a fair argument that I was using things that they couldn't easily get their hands on. So I, uh, you know, again, while, while Bermuda was like not growing very much, um, I did two things. I put together a course, which that teaches everything that I know about, um, creating an amazing lawn. And then I also created a store, an online business, the golf course lawn store that, um, that, that has, sells the very same products that you see me using on my lawn. So anyone that's in the course, they can literally get the products they need to be able to replicate the results that I have, as long as they're doing the work, as long as they're mowing and, uh, and doing the, uh, the, the part that I can't do for you. Ron, that's huge because there's nothing worse than when you're watching someone's channel and they're talking about, it could be anything, wood glue or fertilizer. And you're like, well, yeah, but I can't get my hands on that product. They don't have that at Ace, the hardware store. Like you've got the, exactly. you've got the special stuff. So that means nothing to me. So for exactly. you, to, yep. so for you to go out of your way and get manufacturers to like build something for the regular man, that that's fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome, and it, it took a lot of work. You know, like Lebanon Turf is like again a, a company's huge, the professional turf industry, 
Um, yeah. it, was, it was challenging to get them to decide that they would even, you know, sell any of their products or allow us to sell any of their products directly to, um, to consumers. And, uh, you know, that took a lot of, a lot of convincing. And then, um, cause when there's, car- cause when they're selling mm-hmm. the golf courses, they're probably sending by, you know, ton metric ton. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pa- pallets or, I mean, truckloads at a time, right? They're selling, they're selling tons and tons of volume. Yeah. So for them, you know, they had to, um, they had to decide, well, one, um, do we even want, you know, our brand to be associated with DIY? And then second, there's another, there's another, there's another challenge, right? Like when it comes to shipping fertilizer, like there, like something like horrible things happen with shipping costs. Once you get to 50 pounds or higher. Sure. Right? So in addition to getting them to agree to it, they also, also have to get them to agree to bag the fertilizer in 45 pound bags so that shipping would be at a rate that was reasonable so that, you know, consumers weren't paying you know, hundred dollars for a bag of fertilizer. So it, it was, it was a huge, huge ass, huge sell, huge gamble on their part, but it's, it's been working out really well. People have been responding really well to the product. So I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that it's working out. Did you have a little bit of creative, uh, I guess that creative bone in your body to, to make your YouTube channel grow visually as it has, or did you get help along the way? Sure. So a lot of what's happened um, is just, again, being self-taught, like editing videos, understanding like what makes a good video, what like how to how to run a camera, how to get good audio. Like if you look at my some of my older videos, like even stuff that you watch, like it's was not very good. Like the stuff now it was it's cringeworthy, you know, it really is. Um, but I love the evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So just just like anything else, like I'm I'm like outside of YouTube. Um, and lawn care, like I do, I do martial arts. So the, the challenge of always trying to improve and always pursuing, um, you know, uh, improvement, um, is, is something that's just kind of built into me, something I've just been, been doing for a while. So, you know, the, the lawn was looking great, but I also wanted like the content to look good. I wanted the video to look good, the audio to look good. And, and to, to where when people watch one of my videos, they're not just learning something, but it looks good and sounds good while they're, while they're doing it. It's also entertaining as well. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It, I love like you can go back and I, people should just so you could see like it could be done. But your first couple of videos, you can see like the rolling shutter and like, oh. er, yeah, all these goofiness oh. that, you know, that's the equipment you had. That's fine. You know, I don't yeah. No one expects you to go out and buy 10 grand worth of video gear to start off. But now you look at it and how it evolves. It is so clean. The audio's fantastic. The video's a thousand times better. You know, even when you're sitting here and I'm looking at the Academy stuff, you know, the gelled background and the blown out, you know, shallow depth of field on the camera. I mean, and yeah. you definitely know what you're doing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always as far as... Um as far as shooting different types of, of content, like whether I'm showing the lawn or just when I'm sitting doing talking head stuff, I, I understand it well enough now, not by far not an expert, but I understand it well enough now to where I can create the look that I want. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's, it's, it's really fun because it allows you to get a lot more creative with the content versus just hitting record and just, you know, praying that what comes out looks decent. <laughs> right. Now I, I understand it well enough that I can actually create a look that I want and, and just, you know, make something that's visually fun to watch for the viewers. Was there somebody on YouTube you were watching, not that you would emulate, but you would kind of steal little pieces of ideas from what they did um, and yes. you did? Sure. So I would watch like, um, so like, look at like a Peter McKinnon or Casey Neistat again, totally different niche. Sure. But like the, like the way they do their cut sequences and, um, the beat, the way they, they incorporate B-roll and audio and like that, that was really cool. And I said, you know what? I want my content to look like that. I want, I want to be, I want the content to 
be you know something that you know is is just fun even if you don't care about grass a ton it's still fun to watch so i look at look to those guys um for a lot of inspiration because you know a big part of um or challenge of, of YouTube is holding the audience's attention. And, sure. I mean, you know, you're, you're you start, talking about grass for God's sake. Right. You're making it so exciting, right? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just watching what experts do in that space that are great at, reta- at retaining an audience and hooking an audience. Uh, I just brought that to what I, I do in, in lawn care and it's, it's been getting better. I mean, this year is better than last year and hopefully going forward, it'll just keep improving. No, I mean, that that's what I really enjoyed. And when I, I was putting this together, I wanted to have you on is I loved the evolution like years ago and I'm looking for a, a real mower and I find you and, you know, you you pitched me and I, I said, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'll give Scott's a try. And then I uh-huh. still follow you and I look at it and I go, damn, that that's some good looking lawn. You know, I, yeah, I love better. that stuff. Yeah, it looks great. I love your finding rocks in people's yards and you're helping out your neighbors and you're spraying stuff all over the place. I mean, that's fantastic and it's silly because it's just grass. But it but exactly. it holds, but it holds my interest. Yeah, yeah. No, I always said that. You know, I got I'm in my I'm in my forties now and it's like, you know what? I said, you know, I'm officially an old guy. Like I'm I am now like one of these guys that's like always out mowing my lawn, out there fertilizing <laughs> and doing stuff and I said, I have become my parents, you know, so right. it's, it's fun. Yeah. All of a sudden you're just sitting there three days a week mowing your grass. I am. Yeah. yeah. That, that is me out there and, and, and making content about mowing grass, yeah. which is even, even, yeah. even more geeky, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least your father was just cutting grass. Now you're actually recording yourself doing it and trying to pitch people like you could do this too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I do my live stream on Friday nights where I sit down and that's not enough take people's <laughs> questions about grass. So yeah. it's, uh. Yeah, the more the more I say it, the more I talk about it, the, the worse it sounds. So no, I hear myself, so. it's actually it's actually the best because you're reaching and touching people that have because if people don't know, Bermuda only grows in a certain region. Like you don't get it in Montana, Wyoming, no. Seattle. It's got to be like lower half of California down through the Arizonas. Texas all the way to you. How, how North of, uh, would it get into Virginia, Bermuda? Would it get that high you, and grow well? You, you could, but it's not, you're gonna have a really short season. So yeah, no, it, it wouldn't do well in Virginia. I mean, you, you, you can get it to grow, but it, you're talking about a really short season. I mean, in Georgia, Northeast Georgia, Bermuda wakes up in, you know, March and then it will start going dormant in September, October. If you were to go much further North, like Virginia and, um, you know, much further north than that. South You're looking at Carolina, like a, a North Carolina. What yeah, North Carolina. I mean, no, North Carolina is okay, but like yeah. much northern Virginia, you're looking at like, you know, three, three month growing season. So uh, it's a lot shorter. Yeah. See, that's not worth know? it for somebody. No, no. That, that's where, that's where cool season grass like a rye or a fescue would do a lot better. Right. You know? What, yeah. and people do this wrong to, you, you'll know you're the man. What's the best time to water Bermuda of the day? <laughs> So I can tell you. So here's the thing. Now you're asking a question that that there is is religion for some people. Yes. I can tell you what I do, and I get a good result with. So for me, I like to water early in the morning, um, but right before the sun comes up, um, for a couple of reasons. That is when wind tends to be lowest, mm-hmm. um, and it, the water's not going to sit on the on the on the grass long. That if you water, say like um, do the opposite. So you water at the, the beginning of the night, so seven or eight p.m the chances of you also promoting fungus problems goes up much more so than if you water at say five in the morning when you're giving it plenty of time for that water to soak in 
But then the sun's going to be up here in a little while, and the turf's going to get to dry out a bit, and and uh, you know, and and resume it start its day. So for me, early in the morning watering is um is when I like to do it. Okay. Yeah, because I know it is a religion with some people. They'll say, no, do it this time, do it that time. But, yeah. you know, it's if you go 80% that way and do it at 5 a.m., you're going to be a lot better off than if you did it at noon, which I still, I still see people do that. Hell, I see cities and counties do that, and I don't understand it. I'm always scratching my head, like, especially for us in California, they're saying save water. And then I drove through Anaheim the other day, and I saw sprinklers on at, like, 11 a.m. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's evaporating in 15 minutes. That's what the uh, hell's yeah. the point? Exactly. You just you just you're wasting water. I mean, it's 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 not going to really hurt the grass, but it's just not ideal. Like it's not you're not going to get that deep um, penetration into the soil and really have it. You know, you're not going to get the most out of your watering. So right, uh, early morning is I find to be best. What are you on fertilizer? Are you on a seed guy or a spray guy? Which one do you prefer? So so I actually do both. So I do both. So I what I do is a program called spoon feeding where. I use a granular fertilizer. Yeah, I know it's even it, it, it gets even worse, right? Yeah, it's, it's just not, now we're babying the grass, Ron. Now, now we're speed to take little spoons and giving it these little spots. Yeah, that's exactly it. So like so once a month my grass will get a granular fertilizer. Um, once I a use month. Like a, once a month. Wow. So what I use is a, a once a month I use a granular fertilizer, but I use very little. So I, I don't give it a ton of nitrogen. So a small amount that's going to release relatively quickly over, you know, four to six weeks. And then um, on top of that, I, I spray a, a liquid fertilizer that also has some micronutrients, some iron um, at very, very low rates, like extremely low rates um, at the beginning of the month. And then again, on the 15th, um, the lawn gets fertilizer put on it really three times a month. So once at the beginning, it gets like a granular and a liquid. And then in the middle of the month, it gets a very, very light liquid application. And what that does is um, it promotes a very consistent color and consistent growth. Because, again, it sounds like I'm doing a lot, which I am. I'm out there more. But as far as the amount of nitrogen that I'm putting in the lawn, it's actually less. I'm putting less into it. There's less input actually going into the, into the soil than if you went to, to, like, say, Home Depot and bought, like, one of these fertilizers that feed the lawn for three months, if that makes sense. I'm right. putting less into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because so many people – probably only do it every three months, maybe twice a year. So to be doing it that often, that really tells you, you got to take care of your grass. Yeah. I mean, and you, you can do it less frequently, but it's, it's almost like, you know what it is? It's whenever you, you really start getting super hardcore into your turf, right? Um, like the small things matter more. It's almost like a bodybuilder. You look sure. at people that are really into bodybuilding. Um, like for most of us, right? Most normal people, we eat, you know what, maybe three meals a day, two meals a day. So that they're feeding their body just what it what it needs when it needs it. So it's the same thing with grass. It takes more more time to do this, but you can ultimately get uh, a much a noticeably better result um, by by spoon feeding using a spoon feeding program. Right. All right. So let's 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 talk about the one beast, the problem with all grass, and that's the weed. What do you yes. do to keep that son of a bitch away from your beautiful grass? So two things, there's a, if you can do pre-emergent, there's a, there's a, a specialized herbicide called pre-emergent. Okay. Um, and it does exactly what it sounds like. It, it helps prevent weeds prior to them emerging. That's why it's called pre-emergent. <laughs> um, and, if, and if you apply that in the spring and also apply it in the fall, you've now reduced the amount of weed problems you're going to have in your lawn by probably 90%. Like just those just two applications, once in the spring, once in the fall, that's going to do a ton for keeping weeds at bay. Um, so from a herbicide perspective, that's what I really recommend. From a from a cultural practices perspective, 
like going back to that tip number five, like the last, but also the most important tip of like frequent mowing, like the more you mow your lawn, um, what that's also going to do is it's going to help promote like a denser or thick and thicker turf, which is almost like, na- it's like natural weed control. You know, you think about it, like weeds need sunlight. They need, um, they need heat, they need sunlight and able to germinate and to be able to take root. But when you have a really, really thick stand of grass, like the grass is getting the sunlight, it's getting the heat, but in many ways it's also crowding out or shading the soil. So the ability for roots or for weeds rather to be able to germinate and also to be able to take advantage of the resources, like that's, that's diminished quite a bit, you know, and plus you've got so much grass and the grass is able to outcompete the weeds for resources. Okay. So, okay. Um, pre-emergent and, you know, mow your grass a lot. That's, that's like natural weed control. So just chopping it down. Don't let it get ahead of the, don't let it come up. Don't let it get ahead. And I really should qualify that, right? So mowing your grass at the correct height. So if you're mowing, um, say, oh, a yeah, fescue, let's a talk about fescue. that. What What's the height for a good Bermuda? Right. So Bermuda really does well at heights of one and a half inches or lower. So the lower, the shorter you mow Bermuda, the better it's going to look. But here's the thing. It's catch 22. Like the more, <laughs> the lower you mow it, the more you have to mow it to keep it looking good. If that makes sense. No, so, yeah. Cause she's going to grow in the summer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, for one reason, grass like Bermuda or Zoysia, if you can maintain those at like an inch and a half or lower, they're going to do really, really well. Something like a, like a St. Augustine or a, or a turf type tall fescue, those could tolerate being mowed or actually enjoy being mowed at heights of four inches or higher. Like those are, um, those grasses enjoy tall growth, but like Bermuda in of itself, like if you mow it short, you mow it at an inch and a half or lower, it becomes really, really dense um, and almost like a thick carpet. And weeds, you know, weeds have a really hard time uh, taking root in that in a, in a lawn that's really mowed at the correct height um, and regularly. Wow. Okay. Well. Yep. Let's get yep. rid of those Absolutely. damn weeds. So yeah, I, weeds suck, man. Weeds. They are do. They suck. There's nothing worse. You look out and all of a sudden, hey, what are you doing in my grass? Get out of here. Now, yeah. is it yeah. is it bad to cut a weed out? Or are you kind of like, um, if you see it? Um, so, so, so I pull them. I tend to pull them. I'm, I am, I try to keep herbicides off my lawn as much as possible. Okay. But like if I see um, like a small, like a small crabgrass that's trying to take root or something like that, I'll just get out there and I'll, I'll weed it. I'll pull it out. I, I have like a, like a weeding tool. It looks almost like, um, like a small lever that like I, I keep on my mower the entire time when I'm mowing. So while I'm mowing the lawn, if I see a weed there, I'm like, oh, mow. I'll just stop the mow and walk over and get the, get the tool out and, and pull it out. And the tool, does, the tool does a great job of not damaging the turf and getting the weeds out um, the root system as well. So that's, that's going to, that's going to do a lot for, um, you know, for, for, for keeping them at bay while also not stressing the grass by spraying a herbicide all over it. Right. Right. I love the fact that you now carry some kind of like sidearm on the side of your mower just to go after weeds. That's got awesome. Got to, got to. When the, <laughs> when the weeds are there, you gotta, you gotta be ready to take them out, man. I don't want to walk back to the garage. I might miss them. I don't uh, right. want to make it easy. Yeah. Where was it? I can't I don't remember where the hell it was. Yeah. You don't, you don't need that. So, problem. Yeah, so if you look at my group, no, no, no. So as far as weeds, yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly. You have to look for it, you have to find it and just, it's just convenient. If you make it easy, you're going to be more likely to go there and get the weeds out. So yeah. that's why I, I do that. Is this your full-time job? Because for the love of God, man, you're, you're on YouTube all over the place and you're promoting on your channels. I mean, you're a busy beaver. I am. It's, and it's actually not my full-time job. So I actually work in the information security space. That's what I do for like my day job. Um, YouTube is something that I just do you know, mainly in the evenings when, I, when I've got a bit of free time. So a lot of the content you'll see 
Um, I'll film it um, on the weekends or if I got like a, a short period of time between meetings, like I'll plan it, I'll plan it that day. I'll say, hey, if I got like a, I have like an hour here between this meeting, I'll get out here and film this really quick and then edit in the evening times. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly busy, but YouTube um, is not yet a full-time job. It might, be, it might become that eventually, but the channel's got to grow a bit more uh, before I can get to that point. Well, ho- hopefully it will. Hopefully it will. Where, where sure. can people find you? They want, they want to know about lawn care. Where's the first place they should go? Sure. So um, they, can, they can find me on YouTube. So ro- youtube.com forward slash Ron Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they're interested in more, you know, more structured, um, information as far as like my course, there is golf course, uh, the golf course lawn Academy, which yeah. you can find at golfcourselawn.com. Um, uh, and then, and I guess once you're all sold on, uh, my process and, and everything I do for, to get Bermuda looking awesome, um, you'll get over to the golf course lawn store and that's where I have all my products. So yeah, YouTube is the, is the gateway to, to spending entirely way too much time in your lawn. Ron's pitching gateway drugs and it's called Bermuda. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's not a, yeah. you know, Hey man, there's not a bad way to spend your day. If you're going to be outside cutting the grass and making it look pretty, there's worse things you can be doing. And that's fantastic. That's exactly right. You know? exactly right. There are, there are definitely worse ways to pass your time than, than doing that. Right. So, yeah. Now, now the real question is, does the family appreciate the lawn? They do. They do. Um, yeah, they appreciate it whenever um, they get, get out there and just enjoy it. Um, whenever a company comes over, like they enjoy hanging out in the lawn and just and, and just, you know, ex- experiencing it. Because that's why I do it. I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the pursuit of making it look as good as I can. But really, um, you know, when people come over and they're able to get out there and play lawn pool on it or play um, cornhole, those kinds of things throw the football around like that's you know, that's what it's that's what it's for. It's designed to be used. I mean, I, I know a lot of people think that my lawn is. Um, like this showpiece that no one ever steps on other than when I'm mowing it. But that's, that's, I can assure you that's not the case. No, not at all. No, we, we take care of our lawn to use our lawn, not to not, not everybody on it. That's right. Well, I I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, you know, to sit here and and literally two guys talking about Bermuda grass. I mean, I don't know what my audience is going to be, but I don't care. I'm glad I finally got you on. I, this is great. I love my Bermuda grass. I love everything that goes about it. I'm glad that there's someone in Georgia who uh, feels the same way. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely, man. And yeah. if you ever bring the kids out to Anaheim, you let me know and I'll buy you a beer for having you on the podcast. Cause Ron, it, it has been a pleasure. I actually, I'm a total geek when it comes to, to my Bermuda. No, I appreciate it, man. It's awesome. You know, um, you know, making connections and having a viewer that, you know, was watching content that was filmed years ago. And now we're getting to talk and meet in person. And that's, that's just one of the best parts about, you know, this whole process is meeting new people and, and helping people in their journey. So I, I really enjoy it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, because, because of you, I, I bought a damn $100 Scott's lawnmower. So what do you know? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I appreciate it, Ron. You have a good day. Uh, I appreciate it so much. I can't thank you enough. No problem. Thanks again. All right. Talk All to right. you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Ron Henry. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. And if you enjoyed it, please click the like button. You can always find all of our shows on the website at justagoodconversation.com.